Welcome to Avatar with Academics. I am Sam Mulberry, and I have never watched Avatar The Last Airbender. And I'm Annie Berglund, and I have watched it before. Annie, after this, I can never, I cannot say I've never watched season one of Avatar The Last Airbender. Yay. We made it to the end of the season. When we started this, I didn't know that we were going to get this far. I didn't know that we would get through. And it seems like it's happened really fast. Yeah, I feel like I've lived a life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> watching this show. Um so we are up to book one, chapter 20, The Siege of the North, part two. And this really is the second half of a of an extended episode. We get some good resolution. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I think there's lots of questions. This will, this will also leave us with lots of questions going forward. Now, one thing I'm curious about, and I should have looked into this. Uh, maybe we'll do this when we start season two. I'm curious how much time elapsed from when this episode aired until episode... 21 oh, airs yeah. like was it like back to back six months or, or yeah or did they just have them all kind of lined up because now that it's streaming you can just keep watching but like did people did, did kids especially have to wait six months to see the next episode yeah, or, yeah I'm, I'm really curious about that so i'll get that when we get to uh when we get to episode one of season two, I'll, I'll track that info down. Yeah, and let you know the answer. All right, so let's just jump right into the summary. Yeah, there's no time. Okay, so we start off, so we ended, I guess, in the last episode with a shot of Zuko carrying Aang, um, in, who's in the, the spirit world, mm-hmm. on his back um, in a blizzard on the top of the ice continent. Yeah, we were really at an all is lost moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now today, uh, or this episode, we start with Daybreak, and uh, we're leaving off with... Uh, um, or, or we're picking back up where the Fire Nation is resuming their attack. Um, and they're launching fireball after fireball at the fortress. They clearly have a lot more power now. And it's crumbling. Right. Yes. Uh, all is lost is exactly right. So Sokka, Katara, um, I would say the Aang gang, but it's minus Aang and plus UA. Um, the UA gang? <laughs> the UA gang? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> they're all standing around the spirit o- oasis around the pond, thinking about what they're going to do without Aang. And uh, how they're going to help him, how they're going to get him back. And Katara, um, she feels hopeless. And she says, I can't believe I lost him. And Sokka, in a rare moment, comforts her and says, you did everything you could. Zuko couldn't have gotten far. We'll find him. Aang's going to be fine. I mean, throughout the episode, Sokka is a source of comfort. And we don't really see him doing that very much. Like, he's softer. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a very, like, true note sibling wise like you may pick on each other and all these kinds of things but like when the person is is like truly hurt oh yeah you know or truly in need like you snap into that kind of care absolutely um so katara is at this point crying on her knees by the spirit pond but she nods in in agreement with sokka and she stands up to leave and there's this sad moment of a scene where when she stands up and goes momo's left behind uh, like just sitting down staring at the pond, I think probably staring at the spirits mm-hmm. in the pond and um, unwilling to even turn his head to look at the crew. And so um, uh, Katara says, it's all right. You, you stay here, Momo, in case Aang comes back. And um, so then Sokka steers Appa up on top of the ice continent in search of Aang and Zuko. 
So uh, Zuko wades through this deep snow and, and this it blizzard. It seems like it's getting deeper. Yes. And um, these are blizzard conditions. Uh, so it's like whipping his face, this cold cold air. And he's carrying Aang on his back. And Aang's tattoos are still glowing. glowing. He's still in what is the spirit world or maybe the Avatar state. We're not sure mm-hmm. if or those both. are the same, right? right? right. <laughs> um, and, and then we finally see Aang in the spirit world. And I, in the last episode, you described it as very Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got that sense, too, because the first person or thing we meet is a monkey. We meet like an animal, a spirit animal. And it reminded me of the Cheshire Cat or, mm-hmm. or some of those other Right, because it characters. seemed, like, it seemed like, like Aang was looking for answers and got... Um, Riddles. This, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. And that, like... This being, the spirits all, I think they all have the answers. I think they all know, mm-hmm. but they're not willing to give it to him. He's just immortal, perhaps. Maybe that's mm-hmm. the that's the issue. Well, and what's interesting is we've seen one other spirit animal prior to this. Hey-bye. The hey-bye. But, but this monkey or, or baboon, whatever, is um, more humanoid than the hey-bye. Right? Yes. Like the, the hey-bye is just giant panda. And it doesn't talk, but like, but the the spirit baboon talks. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me actually a lot of uh, from of like the late sixties uh, Planet of the Apes. Like uh-huh. it's almost like Doctor Zaius is sitting there. Sure, yeah, sure, yeah. Um, and the spirit world itself, I described as like a jungle landscape. It's mm-hmm. like really warm colors, starkly different from the ice. Um, like mm-hmm. uh, the ice in the the Antarctic. So if we were saying that the ice world was like Hoth, this is like Dagobah. There you go. <laughs> yes, that one. And uh, so there's these trees that have huge trunks and draping foliage. Um, and there's a layer everywhere of murky, shallow water. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of ominous. And um, so Aang heads over to... Uh, so he he's in this meditating state under an archway. And he then looks across and he sees that baboon, the spirit baboon. Um, and I thought the animal choice is probably very purposeful but mm-hmm. i don't know enough symbolism so there's a crane that flies through there uh and we have a baboon and i know with uh with primates or monkeys the idea is like wisdom right and this mm-hmm. this baboon is sitting in a meditative pose as well he clearly has all the answers he doesn't want to give them but he seems like a was like a a character of wisdom absolutely yeah, yeah. um and so Aang goes up politely and says, I'm sorry to disturb you. I just really need to find the moon and ocean spirits. And the baboon isn't having it. He says, go away. And then he offers help. Right? So it's weird because I think Aang, we're going to see him with the spirits. Like, again, they are neutral. And they do actually help him. But I don't think it's for his purpose. I think it's for the purpose of keeping things in balance. Right. And it's sort of cryptic help because what does he tell him? He says, perhaps that thing will help you and gestures to this glowing floating orb. Yeah, and it's and it, when he's, he says it, it almost sounds like he's just like anything to get you out of my hair. Yeah, like go over, ask yeah. that. There's definitely like a, a a dream logic to the spirit world too. Mm. Like it seems both rooted in a real place, but then there's stuff that happens that doesn't make sense. Right, and like, that that orb is one of those things. It's like, well, where did that come from, and why is that now the most important thing? Right, and it, yeah, it does seem like a riddle. Kind of. So um, Aang then, he's like, oh, all right, that's all I got. So he chases the orb. Um, and, and after chasing it for a while, it lands in the water. And what appears is uh, Roku. And 
uh, Roku's kind of reflection, Aang looking down at it, very Lion King-like. And um, and then we cut out, right? So we just see Roku's mm-hmm. uh, person, and then we see Aang then back in the physical world, carried by Zuko. Um, and Zuko makes a step, and the ice cracks underneath his feet, and he realizes that he's in for trouble, so he starts running across the ice, and like the the continent is kind of like collapsing underneath him right it's really fragile and so then he sees a cavern in the distance a cavern in ice kind of made of small rocks and he goes there for shelter um and in the cave then he ties up ang who's still in the avatar state it doesn't seem like all of this trauma happening in the physical world is impacting him at all in the right. in the spiritual world right. we also don't know exactly how much the timelines line up mm. because we see Aang sort of wake up. We just talked about him kind of waking up into the spirit world, but presumably that happened earlier, right? Yes. I was super curious about how time works in the spirit world. Yeah. If it, yeah. Um, but then we go back. So we're back with Aang in the spirit world. And um, he says, Roku, the water tribe is under attack. And then Roku materializes up out of the, the shallow water and stands in front of Aang. Um, and he says, he gives advice saying, he says, the ocean and the moon are ancient spirits. They crossed over from the spirit world to the mortal world, very near the beginning. There's only one spirit I know of who is old enough to remember. The spirit's name is Ko, but he is very dangerous. They call him the face stealer. When you speak with him, you must be very careful to show no emotion at all, not the slightest expression, or he will steal your face. I loved this. I love how underexplained it is. How it's just like I, I mean I believe what Roku says, but it's like I just want to know more. Like, can I, can I just listen to Roku describe the spirit world? Different and like, spirits, yeah. Ancient, um, a spirit that's older than the others, a spirit that steals faces. What's that all like? It just like right. when I heard that, my brain just lit up, and I'm like, I'm so me in. too. Like the spirit world has some kind of time quality, but also doesn't. It's mm-hmm. super bizarre. Yeah, um, and. So we know that Han mispronounces names. Mm -hmm. So I thought, hmm, I'm going to start looking up what names mean. So ko is a similar sound to the Japanese word for face. There you go. More you know. And the Korean word for nose. I don't think that one is necessarily what they're drawing from. But the nose is on the face. The nose is kind of the center of the face. Yeah. What if it was just a spirit that stole noses? Wow. I just take the whole face at that point, I feel like. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. It's not a scary I'm, I'm movie to like just... Voldemort. Yeah, I don't need that. <laughs> um, so Aang hears this about Ko, and he, he for a second looks pretty terrified, but then determined. Um, so he's going to go find, he's going to seek out this ancient spirit. And then we go back to the mortal world. There's a lot of switching between. And Appa and Sokka are traveling on foot through the snow, and uh, they look pretty defeated. Sokka... Um, he's like, I know they're going to be safe. I know they're going to be alive, but right. and, and, unsure. And, and in case a listener isn't from a place where it snows a lot <laughs> like we are, um, you can track in the snow pretty easily, except when there's a blizzard. Exactly. <laughs> because that covers the tracks. Oh, man. Yeah. And I lose my will to live in like four seconds out in a blizzard. Yep. So good for these guys. Um, so we then cut to the cave where Zuko is staying for shelter with unconscious Aang, Aang in the spirit world. And Zuko starts to talk to Aang in this state. Um, and he says, I finally have you, but I can't get you home because of this blizzard. There's always something, 
but not that you would understand that. Oh, yet another, you don't understand, you, don't understand. you can't understand. He says, you're like my sister. Everything always came easy to her. Wait, <laughs> before we get, go a step further, I, when I just... When he said that, I thought, wait, there's another, there's another child in this family? Yeah, Sam, There were, we were talking about this before we recorded. There's some things that I know about this story from watching it before, like some of the big plot points, right? So I know some of the family stuff. So this isn't a shock to me. Oh, my but goodness. But to you, you were like, I was, what? <laughs> because in back-to-back episodes, we found out that Iroh had a son and Zuko has a sister. Yeah. Which means Iroh has a niece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's with, he's choosing to be with the yeah. the son that was exiled. Yeah. I just didn't know what to do. I, <laughs> you had a crisis. I love Zuko anyhow. Like he's such a, I love when he's deeply involved because he's the most like dramatic Shakespearean plot line. And like now the family story is starting to expand more. I love it. I'm mm. so excited. And they seem to not be on a great relationship, him and his sister. Cause he, so he says, you're like my sister. Everything always came easy to her. She's a firebending prodigy, and everyone adores her. My father said she was born lucky. He said, um, I was lucky just to be born. Now, let's not miss what he's saying there. He's saying he's comparing his sister and Aang. Mm. That's really interesting, right? That, that he's resentful of the ease uh, with which Aang moves through the world, yeah. with which he wields his power, right? Because it does feel like when when Zuko is bending fire, like there is, like it's it's like he's doing it through gritted teeth, mm. you know, like 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 there is this kind of force and effort behind it. Um, even when he's, but what's interesting is when he's the blue spirit, it doesn't feel that way. That feels effortless and easy, but it's like the fire bending right. seems to be this effortful thing that he's like. He- yeah. He's constantly training and sparring on the ship, too. Mm-hmm. He's angry that Katara has gotten so much better in a mm-hmm. matter of, like, what seems like a week. <laughs> right. So so now I'm thinking, you know, we know Aang is the, I was going to say the avatar of raw power, but <laughs> literally, right? Uh, and, and Katara sort of is, too. Like, mm. like um, and maybe Zuko's not. And maybe there's something to what um, the fire master said earlier of like other bending is a gift, but fire feels like a curse. Yeah. And maybe Zuko's feeling that. Maybe he hasn't figured out how to use that as a blessing instead of a curse. Sure, sure. Yeah, this this little scene is just loaded with lots of interesting directions. I'm so happy that Zuko decided to talk to an unconscious egg. Yeah. <laughs> we learned a lot. And so he says, I don't need luck, though. I don't want it. I've always had to struggle and fight. That's what made me strong. It's made me who I am. And then we get a close-up of just his scar on his face. And I noticed, I didn't know, I'd never noticed the scar, like, on his chin, too. Mm. So, like, he has the one on his face, which you see all the time. But, like, it's a profile shot, and he's got a scar down. You know, I think that's from the explosion in the ship. His face is pretty beaten up from that. Oh, sure. Yeah, because he does have like other cuts and stuff, mm-hmm. right? So so it's inter- it'll be interesting to see, does he continue to carry um, more scars with him? Or like, like is that, does that become part of his, like... Like, like a it, physical manifestation of his pain? Exactly. No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because he, he, his face is sort of cut up and there is things beyond just the, the scar over his left eye. Mm. Um. So... Uh, we're back at the battle now. We left off with the Fire Nation coming. I kind of forgot the battle was I happening. Know, I know, there's so much. And the Fire Navy ships reach the fortress walls, which are now just demolished. And uh, you have soldiers on those 
rhinos, mm-hmm. <laughs> Komodo rhinos, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, shooting fire balls. We have the um, the Batman tanks, is what I call them. I also think uh, those tanks. All this is another reference, like the Storm Shadow reference from last episode. <laughs> they do remind me of vehicles from like the 1980s GI Joe. Mm. cartoon in part because of their coloring too because they're black with the red insignia which looks like the cobra insignia a little bit too so it yeah. it brought me back to my childhood which again i think the people making this are children of the 80s yes and there's definitely a feel to that yes good call uh so the waterbenders are attacking still um and they're they're shooting streams of water through holes in the in the fortress walls like cannons it's actually a pretty sweet move um but the tanks are able to shoot hooks through the wall and collapse the walls. Right. Um, well, so- what's, what's interesting with that and with the fireballs is we really are seeing the destruction of this city. Even mm. if they can kick these people out, it's like the city is destroyed. Yeah. And there's like resourcefulness on both sides and how they're using bending to do battle. But there is like, like you said before, there's a gap in technology and the the waterbenders just can't compete with that um so then we go to iroh and Zhao again on the deck of his ship and iroh is advising Zhao, and he says we have a time limit if we don't defeat the water tribe before the full moon um rises they will be undefeatable which he already kind mm-hmm. of mentioned before yep. and Zhao calmly says i intend to remove the moon as a factor scary scary <laughs> he has a plan <laughs> and uh at this point han Pretty boy from <laughs> Pretty Boy, uh, future brother-in-law of the chief, bursts in. He somehow made it through the ship, past all the soldiers. He's wearing the the like 100-year-old Fire Nation uniform, um, and he says, "Admiral Choi, prepare to meet your fate." And he's wielding a weapon, and and he removes his helmet dramatically, and his hair is like flowing in the wind, and he runs, charges at Zhao, and Zhao easily just throws him overboard. So he's dead. I thought this was amazing. Go on. Because it points to the absurdity of so much of this, right? That it's like he went through... We didn't see all of the plotting it took to get to... Because you can't... It's not like you just can hop onto Zhao's ship and, and get to him, right? Yeah, how did he even get to the ship in the first place? Right, like we could have watched a whole Mission Impossible style movie of him getting there. And, and then, then he gets to that final moment and is dispensed with... And Zhao barely notices him and he flings him off Yeah, the it's ship. like played off almost comically, It's right? It's a funny scene. Yeah, because it, it's like unexpected. You're like, oh, and... And there he goes. Right, he's, right. He's off the edge. You know, and it, it what I like about it is it's there's always this issue in um, uh, in shows, especially shows and movies where you have this villain and you have like uh, the the classic one is is Batman, right? Mm. So we think about Batman and the Joker, right? Uh, like think about Heath Ledger's Joker. If Batman just like shoots him in the face, we're done, right? You know, and it's like, but that never happens, right? Right. But it's like, here it happened. It's like, oh, what if he just eliminated this person? It's you really know? realistic. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's and, and, and you and it it shows him as this sort of everything about that is heroic down to his hair blowing in the wind and then But it's not enough. It's not enough, yeah. Yeah. And and, and his life is truly absurd in that way. Right. right. Like, and dispensable, yeah. sadly. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, this is a character we just met, yeah. and we have a little bit of understanding, and now he's gone. Right. So we are, and, and 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 now this goes back to that foreshadowing moment when we saw those three people, Yue, Paku, and and Han, and mm-hmm. uh, Han, I think, is dead. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's no way. Yeah. Because this ship is tall. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's out in the ocean somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, so like... So that that foreshadowing actually like paid off. Mm, mm-hmm. So there's real stakes here. Like they're not every character has plot armor that's going to save them. Yeah. So S- scary. It's scary. Right. Uh, so Zhao acting like this is just a minor interruption, just like a cough. He he keeps talking then to Iroh and telling a plan. So he says. As I was saying, years ago, I stumbled upon a great and powerful secret, the identity of the moon spirit's mortal form. I was a young lieutenant serving under General Zhu in the, in the Earth Kingdom. I discovered a hidden library, underground in fact, and one of the scrolls contained a detailed illustration and the words ocean and moon. I knew that these spirits could be found and killed and that it was my destiny to do so. I think this is so interesting because... Zhao is this impatient person, right? Like mm. we, we, he's he's this impatient hothead. But here we see him as a scholar, like going through. Like I went to this library and I just read and yeah, read. Yeah, like, this is not on brand for you. Yeah, yeah. It also reminds me of uh, to think about Game of Thrones again, like the Citadel, where like all of the history of every like so, mm. which which makes me wonder, like, are there places like that that our characters are going to get to encounter? where the, the secret mysteries of the world are lay hidden. Yeah. It also makes me think about the... Because he was under a general in an Earth Kingdom territory and how, like, cultural... Like, all these things of cultural importance are just... Mm-hmm. They're being taken mm-hmm. and, yeah, used against people. Right. Um, it's, yeah, it, it, it's weaponizing... Mm. It's weaponizing scholarship, weaponizing history, weaponizing culture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Iroh gets the angriest I think we've seen him, like actually yelling, like raising his voice. And he says, the spirits are not to be trifled with. Uh, So he doesn't even couch that in any of his wisdom. He just says, you should not do that. And uh, Zhao says, yes, yes, I know you fear the spirits, Iroh. I've heard rumors about your journey into the spirit world. What? Whoa! (laughs) They just keep throwing these things at us. Yeah, this episode is the most loaded with just like throwaway lines where I want to just pause the yeah. show and say like, you, you don't just get to say that. Yeah, I just wrote down like block quotes because it's <laughs> right. like every sentence has so much. Uh, so he says, um, I know about your journey into the spirit world. <laughs> okay. But the ocean and moon gave up their immortality to become a part of our world. And now they will face the consequences. Ooh, all right. So, so so that's something I I we just need to know more about. Like is, yeah. is there just a show called Iroh we could watch? I that's... would love that. That would be amazing. So now we're back in the spirit world and Aang is jumping across these kind of rocky peaks um and there's like these low hanging clouds again very much like a jungle with a giant spirit wolf walking in the background. Just randomly. Yeah, they don't they don't yeah. say anything about that, it. That that fits the dream logic of all of this. Right, too, yeah. right. Uh, so he approaches this massive tree that's all on its own in the sen- it's kind of on its own island um and he runs to the base of the tree and he sees this deep dark cave and he knows he has to go down there to find Ko. and this this actually I, I made the Dagobah joke before but this actually does remind me of when when in Empire when Luke is on Dagobah and they get to the the dark 
tunnel place where where you know Yoda's like that's where the dark side is. Mm. I got real scared when I saw this. It's a scary scene, yeah. truly. Um, and <laughs> he sees this monkey that makes a sound, so he, he whips his head over and he's like, "Oh, it's just okay. It's just a just a monkey." But then as the monkey spirit turns, it doesn't have a face, and it's shocking. And this is still a kid's show, right? Yes. This, it, is, this was genuinely terrifying. Yeah, it was. I had like a jump start. I was like, oh my yeah. gosh. And uh, so his his face is misking and Aang's like, well, you know what? I guess Ko is there, right? So he, he gets scared, but he then composes himself and like takes a deep breath and starts to walk towards this, the cave saying, show no fear, show no emotion at all. Okay, so we uh, then see Aang walking down these kind of rugged stairs deep into this cavernous base of this tree. Um, And there's roots hanging down below and it's dark, like there are shadows everywhere. And he calls out in the darkness, I'm looking for a spirit named Ko. And and we see, we see, he doesn't see, a shadow move about kind of in the darkness. Um, And we see some like insect legs Mm -hmm. um, moving as well. And then all of a sudden, Aang is walking and we see over his shoulder, a face emerges in the darkness. And I wrote, it's like kind of similar to a Japanese no mask. Like it's, um, it's like a white, kind of like a pasty white face and it has bright red lips, um, like feminine looking. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it comes out and it's a centipede-like spirit that uh, has, has, I described it as like an eye... Yeah. And its eye blinks, um, and inside the eye, it's not an actual eyeball, it's a face. Mm-hmm. So it was that mask face. Um, and every time it blinks, uh, or it, almost every time, it's a new face that appears, a face that it has presumably stolen from someone. And so the centipede-like spirit flings in front of Aang's vision, inches away from his face, trying to get some emotion right. from Aang. It, this whole thing, it's like tempting and taunting, taunting him. him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he says, Welcome. And Aang bows calmly and says, thank you. It doesn't flinch at all. And so the centipede, he's now suspended from a root um, in front of him. And he's kind of circling around Aang's head, uh, whispering in his ear. This is this is also like a, like a very dark Alice in Wonderland moment, too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he says, my old friend, the Avatar, it's been a long time. How could I forget you? One of your previous incarnations tried to slay me. And at that, he lunges at Aang's face blinking his eye and then he dons again a new face and it's i'm assuming the previous avatar in incarnation would that mean the avatar lost his face though I, maybe wow right yeah yeah it, it, it could be i mean it's yeah this is this is this is good but like what what it is we have like an amoral neutral character again like this person he doesn't discriminate between who he's going to steal a face of. He wants to see emotion. He wants to do right. what he's made to do. His agenda is to steal faces. Right. It not, doesn't he's matter. He's not on a side. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and so uh, Aang says, I didn't know that. Why did he or I try to kill you? And Ko said, oh, it was something about stealing the face of someone you loved. And then he blinks and he changes into a young woman with flowing hair and again, I think he's trying to get Aang to respond emotionally and maybe play on some memories of a past Avatar life. Uh, but Aang stays calm. Um, and then Ko changes to the face of the monkey from outside and, and starts circling Aang, trying to scare him more now. Um, and he says, why should I hold a grudge against you for something in a past life? After all, you're a different person now. You've come to me with a new face. 
And I love how unclear what any of this means is. Like, what does it mean to have your face stolen in the spirit world? What does that mean for Aang in the physical world? Yeah, true. Um, where does this spirit come from? What does it represent? Does it have a manifestation or power in the physical world? Yeah. What What is this? Um, this also reminded me of one of my favorite uh, Game of Thrones um, little side places, um, which is the... The, the House of Black and White, I don't, mm. um, which it's funny how much this sounds like it, right? The, so they, they worship a god called the Many-Faced God. Oh. And they are the faceless men the, the, of, of Bravos. No and they, way. They can like, and they can take on the faces and identities of other people. So it just it just made me think of like, oh, I, like, like I, I wonder if there is a mythology that I'm unaware of mm-hmm. that um, where there is a creature like this because George R. R. Martin is clearly drawing on something or came up with something that also we're seeing here. Have you seen um, uh, Spirited Away? No. There's a character in that called No Face and okay. it even has the similar no mask as this character too. And I think I remember that it can steal faces and personalities. It can like become something else. So yeah, there must be something there, right? Yeah. I mean, my big takeaway is I just want to know so much more. Like, like if there was, if they would make a, it would be a fictional documentary about the spirit world. Whew. I would uh, sold. I'm in. I ten parts. I don't first care. day watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so then we go back to Aang in the mortal world, and though he's composing himself in the spirit world, we see him kind of take a shaky breath in the mortal world. Um, and so now I think time is about at the same point. It seems like it, yeah. Yeah. And th- th- this is probably the bridge moment. Yeah. Mm. And Zuko watches him and the blizzard that's continuing outside. And as this happens, Appa and the crew are still searching in the blizzard. And Sokka is still trying to keep the spirits up, still trying to say Zuko will never give up. If he has the avatar, they're going to survive. So then we go back in the spirit world with Centipede Co. And I just want to stay in the spirit world with Centipede Co. Because he is terrifying, but fascinating. And he continues to circle Aang now on the ground. um, And Aang is stoic and still. And Co. says, it's been a long time since I've added a child's face to my collection. And he, so he's, he's taunting Aang, but at the same time, he also offers him exactly what he's looking for. So he says, the spirit names of the moon and ocean are Twi and Law, Push and Pull, And that has been the nature of their relationship for all time. So now he's like actually informing him. Um, Again, I. But even this could be a ploy to be like, well, I'm going to like lure you into comfort. I'm going to give you what you want. And yeah. Yeah, Yes, which would make him more actually amoral and neutral. Where when I first saw it, I thought maybe he wants to keep balance, but that would would keep him on a side or have, Mm -hmm. you know. Right. Yeah, it's hard to know what what he wants. Um, So Aang says. Please help me find them. An entire culture could be destroyed if I don't get their help. And Ko, now facing away from Aang, answers him, kind of facing a wall, and he says, oh, you think you you need their help? It's quite the other way around. And then he lunges back at Aang's face, and he's in, like, kind of looks like the blue spirit mask, mm-hmm. one of Aang's potential fears, maybe? I don't, I don't know. Um, and he says, someone's going to kill them. So this is interesting, too, because he knows... What's going to happen? Right. How? Yeah. But he's also right because that, I mean, that, yeah, that is, that is Zhao's plan. So yeah. that's really fascinating. Yeah. Um, so Ko still being weirdly helpful was like, you've already met these spirits, Tui and Law, Moon and Ocean. 
They've always circled each other in eternal dance. They balance each other, push and pull, life and death, good and evil, yin and yang. And then at that, Aang gasps in excitement, and Ko is still facing the wall, so he turns around and tries to catch him. Uh, but Aang composes himself and realizes it's the koi fish from the pond, that those are the, the moon and the ocean spirits. Uh, and so Aang leaves then with his knowledge, and Ko says, we'll meet again. And I just, I hope so. Oh, I, me too. I, 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 want, I want to revisit this. Um, I also wonder... So we've heard the story a couple times now about the two fish, about the spirits becoming mortal. Mm. But they didn't explain why, did they? No, they just chose a mortal life. That's all yeah. we know. So, like, I, I would love to know more about that. Yeah, me too. Because clearly these other spirits can interact in the physical world. The Haibai did. I wonder if it's something like because waterbenders are descendant of the moon, perhaps the moon wanted to live among them. Yeah, I you know? could be. I'm open to whatever explanation. I just, I know, I'm not saying that as a nitpick. I'm saying that as a please tell yeah. me more. Yeah, no, I'm super curious, but I'll just make up my own stories until I that figure works. it out. So, um, Aang then, we see him running back outside of the tree's base, getting out of there, and he sees the apparition of Avatar Roku, who says that the spirits are in trouble. Um, and Roku then ushers in the Heibai a friend from before, uh, who brings Aang back to the physical world. So it's like it's his panda guide. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that callback, too, to, right. uh, that, that that spirit is on his side and is helpful. Uh, so then we go back to the city that's under siege. And the water truck, we see this shot, which you mentioned in the last episode, of how they so subtly will show you the, the hectic chaotic feelings of people in the city and we see this family for a split second running across the street and they have a swaddled baby it's like a young family Mm -hmm. and they're trying to run for shelter and they're showing you there like the real peril that's happening right this this isn't just soldiers fighting but this is the destruction of this civilization of this way of life yeah yeah it yeah it reminded me of scenes from um like shows that that are talking about Moses and the Exodus and being under um, under a foreign rule and kind of like the fear of that. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, you know, and also one of the most famous um, shots in in movie history is the the scene from Battleship Potemkin where the the baby carriage is going like while this invasion's happening, this baby carriage is rolling down mm-hmm. the stairs, right? And so you're you're saying you're putting this child in danger, right? So, that's overstating it to say this is that moment, but but there is, I mean, everything on that screen's intentional, right? Mm-hmm. So so having that little baby there maybe is sort of speaking to like this is these are the stakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, at this time the sun has set, and so now the waterbenders um, they have power and they have their energy back. So it seems like this turning point in the war, right? Like now we have water on our side. And um, so we see waterbenders just single-handedly wiping out those Batman tanks, um, like ice, uh, melting the ice beneath them, cutting through them with ice. Master Paku is doing some dope moves. He's like, he froze like eight or ten soldiers all at once. Um, he also makes this like snow tornado that he stands on top of and <laughs> like consumes soldiers underneath it. Um, killing them, I guess, in his tornado. It's fun to see him like at his uh, the summit yes. of his power. It's so fun to see a master actually be a master mm-hmm. uh, rather than just a trainer. 
Um, so uh, then we see Zhao, who's in the city, and you would think he would flee because it's nighttime, but he hasn't. And he is with masked, uh, some of the masked soldiers, which I was like, is one of those IRO? I don't, I don't know. Maybe no. No, yeah, I was, I was un- on the I ship. was unclear. Yeah. Where, yeah. Because, yeah. Um, so they're traveling through the city on their Komodo rhinos, and he has a map that he holds up that leads him to the spirit oasis. And he says, very, very, um, uh, in a very foreboding way. And we can get there. When we get there, we're going fishing. Did you know? Little side note. Zhao is a name in Chinese that means to find or to look for. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. That's like his whole personality, which I guess so is Zuko's. Mm-hmm. But interesting that like he will only, he will never stop wanting to get to. Right, right. That's yeah. really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Then we go back to the spirit world and the Heibai guides Aang to the same archway where he was meditating uh, when he began. Uh, that will lead him back to the physical world. And uh, Heibai like laser beams him with uh, like a glowing laser um, and, and Aang shoots back into the spirit oasis. We also see the Heibai like snap at the, the baboon spirit too. Yes. And like become the like monster Heibai for a second. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, because the baboon spirit's like good riddance and uh, Heibai is on Aang's side. So um, Aang then reappears in the spirit oasis and he's underneath that archway where he meditated in the first place. Um, and he sees Momo sleeping by the pond and he tries to talk to Momo, but then he looks down at his body and again he realizes this is just my spirit form in the physical world. Where's my body? And then his body kind of darts like a like a homing device <laughs> to or his um, spirit rather mm-hmm. uh, to where his body is on top of the um, ice continent. And uh, Katara sees it going through the sky like like a shooting star. Which made me wonder... Why could she see it? Because before she couldn't see him when he was in the spirit uh, world. And Iroh could, but we realize Iroh's been to the spirit world, so he may be tapped into something different. So what do you make of that? I wonder what is different from those two times. So she is more in touch with waterbending, mm-hmm. uh, which we know connects to the moon spirit. Right, right. She. It could just be that she's more that she is closer to being a master, and like that that taps her into it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, she hasn't met any spirits since no. then, right? Sokka's been to the spirit world. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it's in, it was just it, it it caught my attention. I that yeah. like um, because it was notable in the last episode that Iroh was the only one who could see um, Aang flying on the dragon. Yeah, I. I wonder if you, when you see the moon and the the ocean spirits in the pond, if that like somehow allows you to see more. I don't know. I'm I'm just yeah, making up yeah, stuff. I but don't know. Uh, so uh, Katara then sees it, him flying through the sky like a shooting star, and she um, has Appa follow them to the cave. And Aang then reawakens, and he sees Zuko, and he sees that he's bound by ropes. And Zuko turns and says, "Welcome back." And um, Aang then says, "Good to be back." And air bends out of the cave by blowing uh, Zuko against the wall and then shooting himself out. So he's just using his breath. But Zuko rushes to catch up to him and grabs him, but then Appa appears. And Zuko says, oh, Katara, are you here for a rematch? And Katara says, trust me, Zuko, it's not going to be much of a match. She has the moon on her side now. Uh, So Katara easily bests him. 
and uh, and Sokka cuts Aang free, and there's this weird moment where he goes, oh, this is some quality rope. Again, that was a funny line. <laughs> like, what is this? Like, this clearly has a point saying this, but it was it just was delivered strangely. It's like, yeah. It doesn't seem to connect to anything. Right, right. <laughs> Except maybe that, like, uh, Zuko, when he that he's really well prepared or maybe it's that his net is well woven i don't know oh, yeah that's that i'm overstating it <laughs> yeah because i don't i don't know i had to look back and watch multiple times to realize the story arc of the rope so right. we'll get there eventually but um ang ang is like we need to get to the oasis now the spirits are in trouble and they're all ready to fly and ang's about to um launch appa <laughs> but uh he says wait we can't just leave an unconscious zuko here he's gonna die because mm-hmm. Aang, Aang has a tie to Zuko that nobody else has. Right? This will be the second time he saved his life. Yeah, I mean, this is and 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 Zuko has saved Aang's life, right? Mm-hmm. Like they are they are bound in a way that that uh, that the others aren't. Yeah, and he presumably hasn't told that story. Yeah, true, true. He was just thinking about it before he went to bed. Yeah, so he um he's like, I have to go. I have to go get him. So he gets down um, and he carries Zuko on his back onto Appa's saddle. And then Sokka makes a snarky comment like, oh, yeah, why don't you save the guy who's trying to kill us? That's great. Um, and But they go along with it. They're like, all right, sure. Yeah. They tie him up. They use those ropes to tie up Zuko. Um, and then we are back at the koi pond and we see the two spirits swimming in their eternal circle. Um, and the light of the moon is kind of glowing between them. It's a really pretty shot. But it's interrupted by Zhao picking up the moon spirit and putting it in a sack and holding it triumphantly above his head towards the moon. Um, and or, uh, and behind his shoulder, we see that the moon is turning blood red. I loved this choice. Like, just visually, it's really cool. Yes, because when the moon turns red, you see this, the whole landscape, everything turns red. And so... Um, this like blue tint of nighttime is now red across the whole city. We see Master Paku's snow tornado collapse entirely. The benders um, lose their water uh, mid-attack. And, and the Fire Nation soldiers appear to now have their turning point. Uh, and so on Appa, the gang watches everything turn red. And Yue says, I feel faint and, and kind of grabs her head. And Aang does the same thing. And he says, I feel it too. And Yue says, I owe the moon spirit my life. When I was born, I was very sick and very weak. Most babies cry when they're born, but I was born as if I was asleep. Our healers did everything they could. Uh, My father pleaded with the spirits to save me. And that night, beneath the full moon, he brought me to the oasis and placed me in the pond. My dark hair turned white, and I began to cry. And that's why my mother named me Yue, for the moon. And the gang is just sitting there listening. They had never heard any of this before. Uh, and Yue does actually mean moon, but it also means uh, beyond and precious stone. I looked up those as well. Hmm. So um, we then go back to Zhao holding the bag up to the red moon. And he, he starts, uh, like, uh, again, triumphantly talking about how great he is. And he says, I am a legend now. The Fire Nation will for generations tell stories about the great Zhao who darkened the moon. They will call me Zhao the Conqueror, Zhao the Moonslayer, Zhao the Invisible. And then he's cut off by Momo landing on his head, grabbing at his massive sideburns, like pulling at his hair. And he's freaking out and he's yelling, get off. 
And then Momo flies back across the pond, and there we have the Aang gang standing on the other side of the pond uh, with their weapons drawn, ready to save the, the moon spirit. And the gang gets ready to fight, but Zhao raises his fist uh, towards the bag as if he's going to shoot fire at it right. and just kill the spirit. Because it is important that the spirits are mortal. Right. right? That's part of them living in this world. Yes, yes. And uh, <laughs> he seems to think that their consequence for choosing mortality means that he should kill them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Aang, seeing this threat, drops his staff immediately and softens. And he says, Zhao, don't. Destroying the moon won't just hurt the water tribe. It'll hurt everyone, including you. Without the moon, everything would fall out of balance. You have no idea the kind of chaos that would unleash on the world. You have no idea. Yet again, this is <laughs> you don't understand. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Iroh appears then, standing near the pond as well. And it's rare that we have Iroh with the Aang gang. Right. I love it. And Iroh says he's... And he kind of re- like pulls a hood off and like reveals himself to be there. Yes. It's like a, it's a power play. And he says, he's right, Zhao. And Zhao calls him a traitor. He's like, I'm not surprised that you're here, you traitor. And Iroh says, I'm not a traitor, Zhao. The Fire Nation needs the moon too. We all depend on the balance. Whatever you do to that spirit, I will leash, uh, unleash on you tenfold. And he begins yelling and he says, let go of it now. So you said before that we saw Iroh angrier than we've ever seen him before. But this is actually Iroh angrier than we've ever seen him before. I loved Iroh being like, I will unleash my power on you tenfold. Right. Because it makes you wonder, like, we've only seen, even in fighting, we've only seen, like, measured Iroh. Like, he basically, he's just showing enough to win. Right. Or just to stop an escalation. Right. Right. But, yeah. but, But now he's like. Okay, you want to? Do you want to really yeah. go all the way here? Yeah. yeah. If you kill that, I will kill you worse. Is essentially yes. what he's Ten saying. Ten times worse. <laughs> it's amazing. And uh, Zhao knows, like he knows that Iroh's stronger, and he relents. This and, is the dragon of the West. Yeah, you don't mess with that. And so Zhao puts the moon spirit back in the pond, and the we see the red tint turning back to the normal blue of nighttime, but. Zhao's face then looks determined again. He looks angry even. Uh, and he blasts fire at the pond. And the gang and Iroh watch in horror as everything then turns grayscale. So before it was red, now there's no color at all. And what's interesting about this is this also fits Zhao, what we know about Zhao in terms of being impulsive and impatient, mm-hmm. right? Because when he has the the spirit in the bag, like he is winning already, right? Mm-hmm. And now to, to, to like, like he, so he's, he's impulsive. He's sort of forced to give it back by Iroh, but then he impulsively does this thing without thinking about it and, um, and is impatient for the victory. Yeah, like, like this, this actually matches everything Zhang Zhang said about him. Yeah, he's not willing to listen to wisdom at all, mm-hmm. coming from multiple sources. And so Iroh stays true to his promise and attacks Zhao with rage. Uh, but he kind of gets not overwhelmed, but he has to take care of these four to five other guards that are in the area. So Zhao is able to escape um, and doesn't feel his full wrath. Uh, so um, then we we go back to Aang Gang and, and Iroh and Yue, and they're standing around the pond. Um, and, and Zuko doesn't seem to be there. Um, I think that his there are ropes lying on top of Appa. Mm-hmm. So he somehow got through them. That quality rope. And I was like, did Iroh have time to go, like, cut him free, or this seems he... like I, This seems like the kind of thing the blue spirit could get out of ropes. True. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, plus, plus, we don't know if Sokka's good at t- tying knots. That's true. Quality ropes, but not quality knots. Yeah, that, he that needs to work on that. Done. He needs to go to training. So the Aang gang, um, they see the, the moon spirit floating in the water, um, and it has this big charred wound on it. And um, the ocean spirit is circling kind of wobbly. It doesn't have that other balance. And Iroh picks up the moon spirit, Koi, and um, Yue says, there's no hope now. It's over. And then Aang's tattoos and eyes begin to glow. And I was like, yes, this is happening. (laughs) He says, no, it's not over. But he says that with that layered avatar voice. So he's now in the avatar state. Um, And he enters the pond almost like mechanically, unwillingly, like not unwillingly, but certainly something else is pushing him. Right. Compelling right. him to the pond. Right. This could be the the generations of Avatar, not just, it's not Aang moving, right? Right. Well, it, this actually, if you think about Zhang Zhang, right, you could tell by the way Aang moved that he wasn't what he needed to be. Like maybe seeing him move in this different way is saying, well, this is because this more powerful thing is. Yes. Yeah. Yes, totally. Um, and he, so he enters the pond and in the background, you see Iroh motioning to stop Katara from going after him. Iroh's like, no, this is, we need this. This is going to happen. Um, and Aang stands in the center of the pond, and the ocean spirit is twirling around, uh, circling around him, uh, back kind of in its circle and its balance like it was before. Um, and then they both make eye contact, and the spirit, the ocean spirit, then starts to glow like Aang. And then the whole pond glows, and then there's this cool shot of... Um, like black water consuming Aang down into the pond. And um, what happens is Aang seems to join with the ocean spirit and become one. So there's this stream um, that's kind of around the spirit oasis, and it starts to glow blue, like like light blue veins in the water. Mm-hmm. Um, so the water is very much alive uh, with this spirit. And the stream current quickens, and out of it grows this, like... Godzilla-like fish. Yeah, yeah. It's like a fish man kind of thing. But huge. huge. Yeah, Yeah, it's like bigger than that ice temple that kind of guards the oasis. So it's larger than the city, really. Um, And there's also this dramatic music in the background that's like sad. Like Mm -hmm. it's actually really sad. And, um, And Aang is in this glowing orb in the center like he was in the iceberg, like similar kind of visually. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and with every step that the ocean spirit takes or every movement of its arm, Aang is doing that in the inside. So it's like he's the control center and he's like making this robot move. Right, right. right? Or like a big puppet or something. Right, yes. exactly. So it's part of me is like, is this Aang? Is it not Aang? I'm curious if he's going to struggle knowing, remembering even if yeah. if that was him or not. or who, like Because we'll see that this is massively destructive. Um, so the ocean spirit, uh, with Aang controlling it, walks through the city, and um, there are, as it passes through alleyways, there are people, um, both Fire Nation and Water Nation, standing, and the Water Nation people bow down to the spirit, and the Fire Nation people lift up their spears to attack, and uh, the ocean spirit spares the Water people and then destroys, like actually just murders right. the Fire Nation people. So for me, that was totally a, it reminded me of the story of Passover mm-hmm. and the idea that you like, 
you you put your blood on on the door right and and to try to save your family right and you acknowledge and you you put up a sacrifice on mm-hmm. behalf of the spirit um and then you're spared uh but then there are the people who are unwilling to do that and they were they were not spared they were destroyed it's really and it's sad like it is a sad moment to right. watch it happen well and what's interesting too is is we're seeing um you know UA had told Aang that like he's supposed to be the one who takes out this whole army and we're starting to see him do it. Yeah. Yes. So she was right. <laughs> True. And we also heard Aang say at the beginning, oh, wouldn't it be nice if the spirits just came in and took care of this all for us? Well, maybe seems that's like happening. that's maybe what's happening. Uh, so, so the ocean spirit is moving through the city and destroying all of the fire soldiers, not leaving any behind. Um, and he reaches the end of the city, and they both enter back into the water. And you see the the um, the veins of the ocean spirit head towards the fleet. So then we go back, and Zhao is trying to escape. Um, he somehow got through and avoided the ocean spirit. And uh, there's a shot of red fire, and it's Zuko behind him who has caught up and starts to attack Zhao. And he says, you tried to have me killed. And Zhao said, yes, you're the blue spirit and enemy of the Fire Nation. You freed the Avatar. You should have chosen to accept your failure, your disgrace. Then at least you could have lived. And so they fight with a mix of kind of hand-to-hand martial arts combat as well as firebending. Mm -hmm. And the only colors that we see at this, it's all still grayscale. Only colors are the fire that light up their faces. Um, Back at the spirit oasis, Iroh places the moon spirit in the pond um, and it, it floats at the top. And he looks at Yue and he says, you have been touched by the moon spirit. Some of its life is in you. And she opens her eyes and her eyes are still blue. So mm-hmm. everything else is in gray. And Yue says, yes, it gave me my life. Maybe I can give it back. And she walks toward the, towards the pond with Sokka trying to stop her. And she says, it's my duty. So here we again have her saying she has to do something Sokka doesn't want her to, but she has to do it for the greater good. Right, and this this comes back to that that idea of I love my country, I love yeah. my people. It's about right? preserving her culture. And yeah, well, and preserving the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but certainly like with both the, the marriage and with, right. with this, it's like sacrificing for her people. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yue goes over and touches the moon spirit on its wound and the koi then begins to glow and Yue collapses with Sokka catching her and he says she's gone. So she had died. Um, And the ocean spirit then rises back out of the water and heads towards the fleet. Um, And it's in that large kind of Godzilla form. And it grabs and destroys ship after ship. Um, And we see Aang again doing the actions on the inside. So is Aang the one that's committing these kind of atrocious, brutal Well, he's fighting the war. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Right. And it's like the stake, the whole world is at stake. Uh, but it's interesting. I'm just I'm curious yeah. how much is him. Well, and these are these are combatants in a war, right? You know, um, but right. it is, yeah, you're right. It is interesting to think of Aang, who is not a. Um, he's pretty much a pacifist in a lot of ways. As much as you can be in a show that has this much fighting, in right? It. And and he's haunted by when people are hurt or when he causes right. harm to other people. So right. I'm I'm thinking this will be something he'll have to. I don't know. 
think about go to therapy for. <laughs> so at the pond, uh, Yue's body disappears in Sokka's arms, and Iroh sets the glowing fish back into the pond. And then the spirit form of Yue rises up out of the fish, and she looks kind of like an angel, um, and she has her arms outstretched, and she says goodbye to Sokka, and she gives him a kiss, saying she'll always be with him. Um, I guess, as the moon. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then she rises up um, into, uh, it disappears into the sky. And then behind them, the moon lights up. And everything from grayscale now turns to color. So we've now lost a second person from that triumvirate of of people that were like, some of these people we won't see again. Right. Um, yeah. Pac- Paku's left. Right. And what's interesting is like, she's dead, but I'll always be with. So like, I'm wondering, are we going to get UA callbacks through mm. the moon, things like that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, especially with Aang as the bridge in the spirit world, like he could probably communicate with her. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so then with the moon restored, Aang and the ocean spirit flow back into the water. Um, and the spirit's hand kind of lifts up Aang and, and leaves him on the gates of the fortress. And we can assume that the entire fleet is destroyed. We I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so then we're back at Zuko and Zhao fighting on a nearby bridge. And Zuko is able to defeat him. Um, and Zhao lays on the ground at the mercy of Zuko and then looks up at the moon and sees it's restored. And he says, it can't be. And at that moment, the water that's underneath the bridge they're standing on uh, starts to glow. And the hand of the ocean spirit grabs Zhao and lifts him back over the water um, and, and tries to pull him under it. And before it does, Zuko reaches out a hand desperately to be like, I can try to save you. And Zhao is unwilling. He's too stubborn. He's unwilling to take the help. Um, so then the spirit takes Zhao with him and drowns him under the water. Yikes. Big yikes. Yeah. So it's interesting because now Zhao, who has become, I mean, other than Ozai, who haunts this whole thing, like Zhao has been the big bad of this season. And yeah. What do you do when there's not like an immediate the, enemy? He's off the table and Zuko is feeling less and less like an like a clear enemy at right. this point. Right. Exactly. Uh, so then the next morning, Mas- Master Paku, he made it through. He lived. Um, he's at the palace at the temple, and he's overlooking the damage of the city. And he turns to Katara and says, I've decided to go to the South Pole. Some other benders and healers will join me. Is he going to go meet up with his old love? Does she want to see him? Grand Grand. Can we get a Grand Grand romance story? But, oh, but does the she golden love years? him? Maybe. She left him, though. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, we Because they know. were arranged to be married. So it's not like she, like, I don't know. Like, we don't know this. We don't know the reason she left. Okay. So I was thinking this is romantic. Now I'm thinking it's kind of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, dude, take a hint. It's been like <laughs> 70 years. The lady does not want you. Oh, poor Paku. Anyway. But uh, it, it is interesting to think about the healing the relationship between the North and the South. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because we we had seen the North be pretty haughty about sort of how it thinks about itself compared to the peasants in the South. And now you have the most powerful waterbender that we know of in the North, the master, going South with other waterbenders. And and what's missing in the South right now is waterbenders. Yeah. And maybe seeing like how capable Katara and Sokka are coming from there and like being like, yes, we need to unite on Mm -hmm. both sides. Um, So he says, some other benders and healers are going to join me. It's time we help rebuild our sister tribe. Um, So Katara says, well, what about Aang? Like, you need to train him. You need to finish training. And he says, well, he better get used to calling you Master Katara. 
Skatara Master. I think so. I mean, this is the this is this is the moment where she finally like, earns her is, water is, wings. Right? Is, there, is there like a ceremony, or is it just like ah, you're a master I now? I think we just saw it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's very subtle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like it. Uh, so Sokka is then standing with the chief, and they're kind of thinking about what has passed, and they're looking at the moon that's about to set into the ocean, and the chief says to Sokka, "The spirit gave me a vision when Yue was born." I saw a beautiful, brave young woman become the moon spirit. And Sokka said, you must be really proud. And the uh, the chief says, yes, I'm proud and sad. And then we go to Iroh and Zuko. So all these pairings right. <laughs> getting resolution. And they're on a raft floating through the wreckage of the fleet. It is kind of disturbing, yeah. all the ships um, in the water. And Iroh... It's of- interesting that they leave, though. Yeah. Because they're, they helped, well, well, Iroh helped save everyone. And really, they're the only, I mean, the only Fire Nation soldiers we know of that didn't die. Right. Like, they were spared for some reason. Um, But yeah, they're, they're on a raft floating out through the wreckage. And Iroh says, I'm surprised, Prince Zuko. Surprised that you are not at this moment trying to capture the Avatar. And Zuko says, I'm tired. Which is really interesting wording because that's how Iroh described Ba Sing Se and mm. his his retreat from from being uh, a military figure. Right? He said, "I after that I was tired, and I think everyone was tired." Yeah. And there's a degree to which he's still tired. Yeah. So I think that there that's not accidental that uh, that that's the word that Zuko uses. Yep. Yep. And uh, Iroh then places his hand on his shoulder and looks satisfied. He looks happy that Zuko is tired, and he says. Um, then you should rest. A man needs his rest, which is something that Iroh's also said to Zuko before. Mm-hmm. And so then Zuko lays down on the raft and he closes his eyes. And then we go back to Aang. He's standing outside the palace and Katara comes up to hug him and they invite Momo to join. And then Sokka comes in and puts an arm on Aang. So we have that classic image at the end of the whole crew together. Mm-hmm. Even Appa's like floating next to them. Um, and so we're looking forward then to what's going to happen next. But the, I was like, oh, this must be when it ends. It is not when it ends. So uh, we move from that beautiful family moment to a different family moment. And it's in the Fire Nation war room uh, where Ozai's throne is in the, in the billowing fire. And Ozai is talking to a young woman who's kneeling on the ground in front of him in respect. And he said, Iroh is a traitor and your brother Zuko is a failure. I have a task for you. And Zuko's sister then lifts her head and she looks angry, but also confident. And that's the new enemy, right? Like that is the yeah. season two em- enemy. Right. And, and then it's done. And we and what's cool about that is the only thing we know about her is that she's Zuko's sister, that she is a v- powerful water or, or firebender, and that Zuko has compared her to Aang. Yeah. In terms of the ease with which she, she wields bending. Yeah. So, and, and sort of the natural and potentially raw talent, right? So that's really, really interesting Mm -hmm. that Zuko is now going to be stuck between these two figures. Yeah. Yeah. And it is somebody who, like, I always thought it was interesting thinking about, like, Zuko's talking about how he lost his throne and it should be rightfully his. And it's like, oh, but there is actually, there is actually somebody who, we talked before about, like, is Zhao trying to, like, vie for sure. for the throne? But there actually is somebody There's someone there who's the going to be in place. Yep. Yes. So, um, wow. 
big takeaways themes from this uh, from this episode and this season. I loved that there were real stakes. I mm. love that we we lost characters and we lost characters we didn't expect to lose. Right. And we lost them in ways we didn't expect. I didn't expect um I I, I expected UA to be a character going forward. I expected Han to be a character going forward. And then when we lost him, the way we lost him and the way he's just dispensed with, mm-hmm. and I'm presuming never mentioned again, because there's no reason for him to ever be mentioned again, is really interesting that, that he, you know, gets a, uh, he gets a name and what feels like it's going to be a story arc. And it turns yeah. out he's just a red shirt who gets thrown into the ocean. And that uh, the chief was right about all three because Paco leaves too. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't leave through death. He leaves and moves right. somewhere else. So it makes us wonder what's going to happen there. Um, we know that Katara is now a master and does that mean that she's Aang's teacher? Mm. So yeah. he needs a master and now he has one close at hand. So although he hasn't learned a lot of water bending yet, maybe this is where that really begins. Um, Sokka's back on the market. <laughs> Right, I, I, and I actually, the boy is hurting. Yeah, I actually love. Uh, like, I'm not big into like the romantic relationship stuff, but like, I'm actually kind of cool with it with Sokka. So I love, I love that Yue was in the way of Suki, and now she's yeah. gone. So maybe Suki will be a rebound. No, but Suki is like, she's yeah. so cool. There'll be a rebound, and then <laughs> yeah, maybe June could be the rebound where he rebounds with somebody that's oh, just yeah. not good for him. Oh, but she's then... kind of cool. Suki's better than June. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, June's kind of evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Um, okay, so we think that maybe Suki will come back in in because she's Earth Kingdom, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're they're on that island, but yeah, but yeah, I think so. And we kind of know that Ko's gonna come back, right? Because he was like, he said he we'll would meet again. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. So I'm interested to get back into the into that. Um, and and also. You know, Sokka's on the market. Zuko and Iroh might be free agents at this point. Right. They may be unaffiliated. <laughs> so both- so it is interesting when we think about the last... I don't. Well, I actually don't know what they look like in the last shot, but I presume it's similar, that Zuko is no longer wearing his Fire Nation uniform. Mm. And Iroh wasn't either, right? Because he was in that cloak. Yeah. So, I mean, even visually, they're kind of free agents in that way. True. So, so I'm curious to see where they end up. And for someone like Iroh, who's like, we always need a plan or like, we should have a tight plan. They don't have any now. So what are they going to do? They don't even have a boat. They don't have anywhere to go. Right. Yeah. Like, where are they headed? Yeah, because you know what happened to Zuko's ship? It was put into that fleet. His ship is destroyed. And all the crew. Yeah. Yeah. So... They're literally adrift. Man. Okay, so that's interesting. We have the spirit world coming back in big ways. Yep, big uh, time. I wrote, uh, I want to know so much more about Co. So we're, we're together mm-hmm. on that. Um, and then the last thing I ha- have is a question that uh, will remain to be seen until we get to season two, which is how much time will elapse between this mm. and the opening of season two? Like, is it, does the story fast forward a little bit? Do we do we watch Aang learn to waterbend, or is that happen outside the frame and we come back and he he is training with Katara, but he's actually leveled up at that point? Too. Yeah, and I wonder how much of season two is going to be traveling on Appa's back, or or how stationary it's going to be. Well, it's going to be Earth, yeah, right. But I feel like we've already traversed the Earth Kingdom, so it's not like. <laughs> And we've met mostly Earth Kingdom people. So I, I, what's interesting is, like, how much weight do we put in 
to those book titles. Yeah, true, true. I think you know? I what mean, Bossing Say is going is got right. to be because they've talked about how that's like the last stronghold of the Earth Kingdom, right? Right. Although Amashu seems pretty big, right? Yeah. They, or is that just they, a big post office? I, that's yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but they seem to be doing fine. Like there's not a Fire Nation influence there, right? It doesn't seem like it. Yeah. Yeah. But we haven't seen Bossing Say. Bossing Say might blow Amashu <sighs> off the off the map in terms of scope and yeah. Do you think that Boomy's going to be the person to train Aang in the Earth? I'm open to the, he's the most powerful earthbender we've oh, seen. Oh, I want so much more Boomy. I do have yeah. a thing for Boomy as we've established. And I think he would love it and I think he I feel like it almost felt like he wanted to train him at the time. Yeah. Right? Uh are we going to see Haru again? I'm trying yes. to think of what other uh the fortune teller, the herbalist, right? Like like we have a lot of al- lots of allies. Mm-hmm. Um in the Earth Kingdom. So I don't know if that's going to... I presume this is going to happen, that those allies are going to come together. I don't know if that's going to happen in season two. Right. Or if that's a season three, you know, when, we, when we're when we reaching the end boss, you know, in the big, big battle, does he call in all those allies? Mm. And we also have um, Bato and the rest of the Water Tribe men and Katara's dad. Like, they're, Nearby they're not, too, they're not right? far away from them. Yeah, so that could be beginning of season two stuff. Yes, true. Or maybe they're going to be in peril. And yeah, and Katara and Sokka have to decide, do they go save their father? Do they stick with Aang? Like, mm. I, I mean, there there's so many directions that this can go. Um, But yeah, like, unlike with the Water Tribe, it's not that he doesn't know where masters are. Mm. Because Boomy at least claims he's the most powerful earthbender you're going to find. Right. So he would be an ideal trainer. Yeah. I want him back. Wow. Well, this has been so much fun. Um, So just one episode this week. And we haven't actually determined when we're going to start season two. No. Um, So I'm not going to, because this is dropping in like two weeks. I'm not going to promise that next week we'll be back with season two, episode one. We might be. Um, It's our own cliffhanger. That's right. Uh, We will be back at some point with it and some point soon. I just don't know how we're going to navigate the Christmas holidays. Yes. Um, but you know what? I don't think there's going to be a ton of travel, so we can probably oh. we can probably pull that off. There is no holiday for pol- podcasting. That's right. The people need this. That's right. So uh, so Annie and I will we will convene in a conclave <laughs> and figure out like what the what the when season two will start. Yes. Uh, but it will be soon. It will have guests. We'll be doing one episode a week. And also one more thing, Sam. Uh, since we have finished season one, does that mean that we are now contractually required? to watch the movie i watched the trailer for you it. did not i did it's terrible it is disgusting <laughs> but i kind of want to see it i think we should watch it and then we should have a chat and watch it at the same time like time it up and then just chat with each other and then do an episode <gasps> yeah yeah christmas episode that the, this is not a terrible idea we're just planning this on air yeah so. <laughs> yeah so no promises but i have a feeling that in the next few weeks i will be watching m night Shyamalan's avatar the last airbender movie boo <laughs> but it'll be fun like it looks really painful to watch actually which i love bad movies so this might be great yeah uh, not great, but great in a in a manner of speaking. Uh, Sad, if, great. If you're enjoying this journey, check out our our uh, website. 
uh, avatarwithacademics.wordpress.com. You can find all episodes of the show. You find some episode art. Um, for uh, so it's a great way if you if you want to dig back into the catalog, it's a great place to interact, leave comments. You can also email us at channel thirty nine hundred at gmail dot com. You can follow Annie Berglund at uh, at Annie underscore Berglund at twitter dot com. You can follow channel thirty nine hundred at channel thirty nine hundred uh, on twitter dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of ways to interact. Um, lots of good shows on the network. Uh, if you love Avatar with academics but aren't listening to the other things on this network. Do you're, it. You're missing out. There's yeah. so much good stuff. And the other thing you should be doing, you know, we're in the holiday swing of things now. If you've made it this far with us on this journey and you haven't told at least two other people about this podcast, you're not doing your duty. Think about Yue. She did her duty for her people. This is for your people. Yeah. You need to do your duty just like she did. Sacrifice. Tell somebody about the show. Say, you know what's not bad. It is absolutely the same thing that she did. It is. So do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I didn't expect we were going to go in that direction. It was intense. But we will be back sometime in the near future with book two, chapter one.